Amen. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to be in verses 18 and 19 as we continue on in this new journey in 2017. And just as an intro, let me read it for us. We're not going to have it up on the screen here today. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. How many of you would like, you had such a great year last year that you want to replay that year? We had parts of goodness, didn't we not? Okay, we had parts of goodness, and all in all, maybe, maybe some of you were blessed more than the year prior. That's great. But when we enter into a new year, we're always looking for God to do something for us. We want something more, right? We always want the next thing that God would have for us. And it's the same way with our walk with God. We should never be satisfied with just maintaining our walk. I love what Billy Graham said because he was, uh, he was interviewed before he kind of, you know, uh, went into retirement, if you will. Um, he was asked, what do you do on a daily basis that keeps you in a fresh relationship with God? He says, I read the word every day. And, and, and the guy knew something about Billy Graham that he had heard from previous interviews, and he said, well, Mr. Graham, you have the Bible memorized, don't you? And he said, yes, I do. He could quote from Genesis all the way to the end of Revelation. He's got it memorized, okay? He said, well, if you have it memorized, why would you read it every day? He says, because I find something fresh and new every day as I read it. And it's alive, right? In the same way, we have to have that thirst for wanting to have more of God every day. And today's message, hopefully, will give us some impetus or give us some momentum to move into 2017 to have that fresh look with God. Now, Isaiah is writing during this time to the children of Israel as they came back at a bleak period in their history. They were in captivity. They had lost everything. Um, they thought they were going to have uh, an eternal kingdom, this whole kingdom of Zion and all this other stuff that had been prophesied over them that has not yet happened. But they were going to enter, you know, have this new land, and they did enter into the land, and then they got swept away because of their sins, and now they're in captivity, and they're homesick. And they want the promised blessing that God had for them. Some of us in this room are like that today. We are waiting for this dry land, this, this desert that we're walking through to be over and to go back home. Go back home when our relationship with Jesus Christ and God was fresh and new and vibrant. When we didn't have to worry about anything because we felt like we were right in the palm of God's hand. Ministries were happening. We felt close with God. Our hearts were full. Our relationships were good. All this stuff was clicking on all cylinders. But now it's not. Now the motors kind of broke down. Now it's leaking oil. Now there's not enough gas in the tank. Now there's stuff happening in our life, and we wonder why this is going on, and we want a fresh touch from God. I know I'm wanting that. I'm wanting, I'm wanting to get more from God in this year. 
I'm wanting to walk closer with God this year. I'm wanting to be more excited with the things of God this year. I'm, I'm, I want to be right in the palm of his hand and doing the things that he would have me to do on a daily basis, not just a weekly or a monthly basis or a yearly basis, every day to be available for the kingdom and all that it has. Because God, you know, God has called us to be his ministers not just on Sunday or not just at an event, but every single day, every single minute. He even sometimes will enter into our sleep to give us dreams and visions. We need to grab hold of what God has for us. So let me give you a few things that hopefully will help us from this chapter or this verse. First of all, if you're going to look into 2017, you have to change your focus. You need to quit looking in the rearview mirror. You got to quit. There ain't nothing coming up behind you. There ain't nothing to look at in the rearview mirror. If you keep driving your car and you don't look out the windshield, but you look out the rearview mirror, what's going to happen? Wow. Too soon? Is that too soon? Maria just had an accident a couple weeks ago, so that's too soon. Okay. <laughs> when we look in the rearview mirror, we don't see what's in front of us. We don't see the curb. We don't see, the, we don't see this. We don't see a traffic. We don't see, we don't see anything that's in front of us because you're looking backwards and you miss the opportunities that God has for you right now, right in front of you because you're too busy looking back. So guess what you'll get? The same things you had last year. And you'll wonder why God isn't with you. And God's wondering why you're looking over your shoulder because he ain't back there. So, the application here is we need to forget the former things and do not dwell in the past. If you're continually looking behind you, you can't see where God is taking you next. So, a couple of things about that. To move forward in the things of Christ, we must learn that you cannot depend upon your past victories to sustain you. We all had some good things happen in 2016. We had some victories. We had some triumphs. We had some everything. But if we grab onto those, and we grab onto the ones from 2015 and 2010, and like me, 19, you know, whatever. Yes, I'm from the 1900s. Calm down. If I all go all the way back to 1979 when I got saved and grab onto those victories and hold on to them, I'm like those guys that gather around that they talk about the glory days of high school. Go to any breakfast place. You'll see this group of guys and they're talking about the big game back when they were in high school. And that's it. And they talk about the relationships about their high school. And that's all. High school was the pinnacle of their life. Everything went downhill after that. And they grab onto those victories. Or sometimes they grab onto their college years. Or whatever. But they're not living in the now, looking toward the future. They're looking behind. The past victories. They had some past victories. The Israelites, as this message is being told to them by Isaiah, they had some past victories. They left Egypt. 
They left Egypt and went into the new land flowing with milk and honey. They went across Canaan. They defeated the armies that were there waiting for them. They conquered the land of Canaan. They, fight, they, fight, they fought against people that came up like the Egyptians who came up after them. and all this. They fought against those people and won. They had victories. They survived a split in their, in their nation, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, and they united back again together. But now they're in captivity. We're in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Yeah. 43, 18 and 19. So this, the past stuff isn't going to get them where they, God needs to take them. It's kind of like, I know this, is, this, this sounds rough, but it's really true. It's like, we got to come to God, and we really have to say, Lord, thank you for the victories. Thank you for the past things. That, thank you for the things we learned through those things. But what will you do for me now? And he'll ask, what will you do for me now? Because we have to step out and let go of those victories to move into new victories. We can't keep hanging on to those as our medals of honor, if you will. You have to go into a new battle. You have to go into a new season. You know? You guys ever watched uh, the movie Patton? Great movie. He goes out and, and he is, after he has an incident with this kid who's crying, because he he's afraid of battle. He gets up, and he walks out into the street, and there's a, there's a Nazi plane coming at him, shooting. Da, 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 da. And he's just walking down the middle of the street, and the plane's shooting right at him, coming right at him. And he picks up his pistol, and he just starts shooting at the plane, continuing to walk forward. It's an awesome scene. It's kind of like the same scene that you see in... Uh, I forget the name of the movie. It's, it's, it's about the gunfight at OK Corral. Uh, Tombstone, yes. <laughs> and finally, Wyatt Earp, is, they're caught in a crossfire and all this other stuff, and they're out at the lake right there, and he says, no. And it goes all slow motion. No. And he pulls out his gun. And he goes after the guy that's been like, his arch enemy and blows him out of the water. And then he starts pulling out his gun. He's blowing. He's just walking in the middle of the water. And everybody's amazed. Because he said, no, I'm moving forward. No matter what the odds are, no matter what the enemy is doing, no matter what is coming against me, I say no, and I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to do those things. I'm going to move forward. And that's exactly where we need to be. God is wanting to do a new thing in all of us. Some of you might just have gone through a new thing. That's great. And He's going to continue on in that new thing because God is always about growing us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ, and we will not all attain it until we actually see Him face to face. But until then, we grow. We grow, we mature, we become more dependent upon God, more reliant upon Him. We do those things on a daily basis. If you think you've made it, you're good, you're dead. When things stop growing, they die. 
You ever see a plateaued plant? If you water it and you feed it, you put it in the sun and all that, what is it supposed to do? If it's a fruit, yeah. It's supposed to grow. It's supposed to, you know, and you come and trim it and do what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to grow more. And you put some miracle grow on there, whatever, and boom, <laughs> it really takes off, right? For those of you wondering where the spiritual, the miracle grow is this Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. The Holy Spirit will make you grow in ways you have not even imagined you can grow. So let me ask you a couple of questions. First of all, what is God doing in your life right now? What is he doing in your life right now? If you say he's doing nothing, then you ain't seeing God doing anything. He is doing something in your life right now. He's always doing something. He is the ultimate person who gets in your life. And you invited him in, so don't, don't act like you don't want him there. Okay? You said, Jesus, come into my life. He didn't make himself. He didn't bust down the door of your heart and come in and say, I'm here. No, he didn't do that. You invited him in. Now he's home with you. You just don't like that he's going through the stuff in your closet. Second question, what is it that you want him to do in your life right now? Not only what is he doing, but what do you want him to do? What do you want him to do? Some of you might just say, stop. I want you to stop. <laughs> he can't do that. He can't do something that's outside of his character. Now, you can shove him to the side. You can try to keep him busy with trivial things, but that doesn't... God is everywhere all the time, so that doesn't work. You, know, you turn over here, next thing you know, he's over here. Oh, I told you not to go over there. <laughs> Too late. Secondly, to, in order to move forward in the new things of Christ, you must know that you cannot allow your past failures to possess you. This is big. This is huge. All of us have failed in one way or another. Big ones or little ones, whatever. There is not one of us that is perfect in our life. If you think your life is perfect, you already have failed. Because all of us have to understand that we have failed in some area of our life. And we know what it is. We've just tried to hide it with all kinds of different ways. Some of us super perform so we don't have to get into our weaknesses. Some of us, you know, drown it out with either alcohol or drugs or sexual things. You know, we, we drown those things out. Some of us with hobbies, we get all involved in hobbies just so we won't hear what God has for us. Whatever. We have all kinds of reasons. But when we admit our faults, especially to God who already knows who they, what they are, okay? He's in the closet, remember? He knows. When we admit them, we can move forward from them. The children of Israel had failed God miserably. Every time God blessed them with good things, they returned evil things to him. God gave them the temple. They set up idol worship. God gave them the truth. They lived out and proclaimed lies. God gave them his commands. They lived like they were just his suggestions. 
God gave them wealth, and they abused the poor. God gave them himself, and they rejected him. So, we have to forget the former things. Notice what God's message is to him, to them. Go back to verse 18. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Forget the past mistakes. Learn from them. Grow from them. Don't do them again. But I'm ready to do a new thing. You've got to let go of that stuff. Because you can't bring that stuff into the new thing. You can't do it. You know, we know what that's like. You guys ever been to a, a sporting event or anything at a stadium, whatever? You can't just bring whatever you want to bring. Even if you go to the movies, you've got to hide the stuff to get, it, <laughs> to get it in there. You know you're not supposed to bring that stuff in there, right? <laughs> Mr. Arclight over here. You're not supposed to take that thing. So you're all sneaking it in. Okay? We do that with God. Hello. Who was it? Was it Rebecca that did that with God? She, told, she stole one of her, her idols from her father and hid it and took it into the house. And she was under a new leadership now. She was under a new, a new king, God, who said no idols. She knew it. And a curse came upon that house. Try to hide that stuff in. Okay, we can't do that with God. God already knows. God's on the, God's on the inside of your jacket. You know? You can bring candy into the church, just not into the, yeah, not into the movie. Moving on. Right. <laughs> he is saying, forget about your past. I know that for some of us that's hard to do because we're used to our past. We like our past. It's comfortable. We know what to expect with our past. And a new thing is a new thing. It's scary, Yeah. Like going to a restaurant you've never been to with a food you've never eaten. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to like I don't know. What is it made out of? Give me the ingredient list. You know, I need to know what's up. No, no, no. God wants to do a new thing, and you have to trust him. Here's the thing. Do you think he's got nothing but good for you? Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? like Jesus believed it in the Garden of Gethsemane. Get the context? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying, sweating blood, saying, Lord, if this cup may pass for me. But he believed in God's goodness for him. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. And from that moment on, Pain and suffering came upon him for the next day, a full day of pain and suffering until he gave his last breath. He trusted God for the third day, not for the day he was going to go through. He trusted God for what he saw happening in this room today, not what was happening in the, in the, right, in the right now. Do we really believe that God has our ultimate good at, at stake here? He will do some things that will be uncomfortable. Growing with God is hard. 
He will make it difficult because He's got to turn up the heat on you to get rid of the stuff that's ingrained in you. But you've got to let go of the past for Him to do that and trust that the new future He has for you is good. Is good. What did Jesus say? When they came to Him, they called Him good teacher. He said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. There's only one who has ultimate goodness in store for you, and that's God. But you've got to trust him. You've got to trust him that it's going to be good. If you're going to get anywhere in this spiritual life, you must understand also that you cannot live on yesterday's faith. You have to grow in your faith, too. Some of us get stagnant in our faith. We believe God for what we have, not for what we can have. We believe God for Egypt, but not for the promised land. He has got so much more for you if you believe him for so much more. Ye of little faith, why do you doubt? Right? Is that what Jesus said to his disciples? He says, no, no, no. Be believing. All things have been given unto me, Jesus said. Uh, it is, it's God's good pleasure to hand you the keys of the kingdom. It gives him good pleasure for him to see you by faith believe in him for bigger things. In fact, Jesus said, greater things will you do if I go to the Father. Guess where Jesus is? He's with the Father. What are you doing? You should be doing greater things. That's his promise. So we should be. But we're not. Maybe not all of you. Maybe a few of you. Maybe we're not stepping out in faith. Psalm 85, 6 and 8 says this. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak. That's in Psalms 85, 6-8. So we need to not rely on yesterday's faith, but ask God to revive us. Revive us, O Lord. Revive me, O God, that I would sense you not only in my heart, in my mind, but in my actions would prove to be your disciple. Do we pray that kind of prayer in the morning? before we make our day. But here's, here's, a, here's a kicker. You're not making your day. It's God's day that he's put you as manager of. The outcome belongs to him. What kind of manager of God's day are you? Hmm. The second step to embracing the new thing that God wants to do in your life after you make sure you're about your focus, is to clarify your focus. First of all, you've got to change your focus. Next thing you do, you need to clarify your focus. How do you clarify your focus? You forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The word perceive here is the, um, is, is the Jewish word or the Hebrew word yada which means to know by seeing, by recognizing, by acknowledging. 
to be aware of. Okay? He's doing a new thing. Are you aware of it? He's making a way in the desert for you. Do you see it? Do you see the way? Cindy and I went to a movies last night and we saw Lion. I don't know if many of you have seen it, but it's about this Indian kid who, who gets lost when he's like four or five, five years old, I think. And he, uh, he gets adopted by Australian parents, whatever, but he keeps having these flashbacks when he was five. And finally, they discover Google Earth, and they're using Google Earth to try to figure out where he was from because he, the, the, the name of the, you know, remember, a five-year-old mind trying to figure out where he was from. There was no such place, the way he was saying it. I don't want to give the movie up, but what he does is he uses Google Earth, and it triggers memories, and he finally gets to see his place, and he sees the path that he used to run when he was a child from Google Earth. He sees a way. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to get outside of ourselves and see the way that he's providing for us. God needs to be your Google Earth because he is Google Earth. He created it. He created the ways, the streams in the desert. He can do that. But you got to look for it. That's your part. you got to search. That's why sometimes it's hard because we don't want to search. We want to just lay it out in front of us. Lord, just give me the airline ticket. Make it come out of nowhere. Poof, there it is. Make my life easy. Give me, give me all of what you have for me on a silver platter right in front of me. Did he do that for his own son? <laughs> Were you just thinking the same thing I'm thinking? He didn't even do it for his own son. He didn't put everything on a silver platter in front of him. He didn't wipe out his enemies in front of him. Jesus could have, with a word, wiped out all the priests in the temple. He could have. Some of us think he should have, but he didn't. Okay? Yeah. We need to understand it takes work. We've got to do our part. He says, I am making a way for you in the desert, a stream, but you need to look for it. You need to desire it. You need to want it. you got to do that. You can sit in the desert right now in your spiritual walk, in your whatever walk you're in right now. You can just say, oh, Lord, it's me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't want anything to do with me. He's not showing me anything. Are you reading the word? No, because he's not showing me. Are you praying? No, he doesn't listen to me. Are you serving? No, you're not serving. Okay, enjoy your desert and not desert. Enjoy it. Enjoy your place. There's only so much you can do. The children of Israel had a choice. We have a choice. We can view our past problems as if they're in the present, or we can focus on God and what he wants to do in our life. There's the way, or there's the desert. There's the stream, or there's the wasteland. Which one do you choose? It's easy. It's simple. You can have the way that's along the stream, plenty of water, everything you need. There's probably going to be fruit trees along that way. Everything you want is a way, is a stream in the desert. Or you can sit in the wasteland and in the desert 
and complain. Ah, oh, I hate that. I hate Christians who have been Christians for a long time and they complain that God's not doing anything in their life. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? Waiting. Did God tell you to wait? No, I just feel I have to. I wish. No. <laughs> Not going to go there. Not going to go there. What does God want <laughs> you to discover? Here's a really a big important point. You need to discover and see yourself the way God sees you, not the way you think you are. You think you're a certain way. As you think, psychologists say, so you are. Right? What you think about yourself is the way you are. You think you're a loser, you're going to act like a loser, you're going to feel like a loser, you're going to do loser things. You're going to make bad choices, you're going to do all that kind of stuff. If you think you're a winner, you're going to act like a winner. You're going to do the winner things. You're going to do all this stuff. There's a point when you have to look differently about yourself to get beyond yourself. And what I mean by that, you've got to look at yourself the way God sees you because he's outside of you. And he made you. Peter, when he was, before he was Peter, when he was Saul, is that right? Huh? Simon Peter. When he was Simon, sorry. Simon was a fisherman. He goes out with Jesus on the boat. They've been out all night long doing their own thing, caught nothing. Jesus goes out on the boat within five minutes, just not too far from shore. He points, he says, put your nets out on this side. They get the biggest catch in the history of Capernaum. What's Peter's response? Or Simon's response? Simon's response is, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Jesus turns to him and said, I will make you a fisher of men. Simon says, He's a sinful man. He's an evil man. He's a bad guy. He's a sailor. He's a fisherman. You know, he's got wharf mouth. You know, that's just the way he is. Jesus says, you're going to end up, he didn't tell him then, but you're going to end up being my church leader. You're going to end up being the one who encourages all the other ones. How do you see yourself? Do you see this, yourself the way God sees you? I know, even though I've blown it, even though I make mistakes, I know I'm God's favorite. I just know that. He said so. You guys look at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, he didn't say that. He did say that. He said, I love you so much, I will send my only begotten son to give his life for you. If that doesn't make me his favorite, I don't know what does. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> You believe what you want to believe about yourself. <laughs> We're both correct. But do you see what I'm getting at? It changes 
how I walk. It changes what I, what I will do and what I will not do. It changes who you are. Because now you're not seeing yourself in your past mistakes and problems and environment and all that stuff that we grew up in and all, all our history, we see ourselves in our future. The rock. We've got to change our name. Ultimately, we will know what that means. Peter was lucky. Paul was lucky. He got, they got their names up front. We're not going to get our names until we see Jesus. And he gives us this little stone that has our real name on it. Exactly. <laughs> How do you spell that? That would be an appropriate name for me, by the way. Romans 8.12 says this, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Jesus Christ the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Colossians 1.21 says this, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present to you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Holy and blameless and above reproach in front of him. When God sees you, he doesn't see your past. He only goes as far as Jesus. And that's as far as he goes. He says, I have separated you from your sins as far as the east is from the west. I have blotted it out so it can no longer be seen. Do you walk in that every day or do you walk in your past? Today could be a new day for you. Today could be a change. In order to discover what God has for us, you almost need to see, you also must need to see the possibilities as God sees them. I am making a way in the desert. He needs to, God is able to transform the desert of our life into fields of harvest. He can do that. But you've got to look for it. You've got to look for it. Moses, we went through the story, but he went up to a clump of rocks. What do you think Israel saw? A clump of rocks in the desert. No vegetation, no nothing, just a clump of rocks. Moses saw the promise of God. Hit the rock and water will flow from it. Streams in the desert. What do you see right now with yourself? Do you, do you see the possibilities that God has for you? Do you see a way that he's making for you in the desert of your life right now? Do you see that he's got promises out there and he wants to have you to be successful in all areas of your life? 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, the Lord is. There is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The Apostle Paul says that we go from glory to glory with God. Not failure to failure, not hardship to hardship, glory to glory. Is he showing up in your life more and more? Or is he showing up in your life less and less? 
If it's less and less, then you're in the desert and you're not looking for the stream. Because he wants to do a new thing. Uh, 2 Corinthians, let me get back to that, 3, 17 and 18. Thank you. So let me, let me close this up now. I know Kevin, you kind of, kind of long. <laughs> the greatest step in embracing the new thing that God has for your, for your life is to commit yourself to God's plan, not your plan. Commit yourself to God's plan. Now, when you say, not my will be done, but your will be done, you can't have any strings attached. No strings attached. Do you really trust him? Really trust him? Really, really trust him? You've got to have no strings attached. He's either in total control or he's not in control. Scripture says that God is jealous for us. That jealousy is an all-encompassing jealousy where he wants, to, he wants to mold us and make us into the image. We read the verse, into the image of his son, Jesus. He wants us to be like Jesus. He wants a lot of Jesuses out there because that's the only way the world will be transformed. And he wants to use us to transform the world. <coughs> God had already set into motion events and people that would lead Israel out of captivity and back into the land of blessing. In fact, he was going to actually use his captors to help rebuild his temple. Doesn't that sound familiar? He was going to use the people that actually took them away into captivity to give them all the resources and everything that they need to go rebuild the temple, to go rebuild the wall that was broken down. We can look back and see that God, during the tough times, during the desert times of our life, if we truly stayed true to his word and stayed true to his will in our life and said, not my will, but your will be done, we can see how he used those times to forward our progress into the future. Right now, you may not be able to see it because you're not on the mountaintop yet. But he will put you on the mountaintop. He will give you wings like eagle. It says, I am doing a new thing. It springs up, springs up out of the rocks. It's coming up out of the middle of the desert. Look for it. Watch it. It's here. It's not somewhere off in the future. He says, I am doing a new thing. Now, do you not perceive it? That means it's already happening. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing the new thing that God is doing now in 2017 in your life? Or are you looking... God has already set this new thing into motion. The question is, will you follow him? Psalms 95, 7 and 8 say, For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the day of rebellion. When he went against God. Hear his voice, change. Hear his voice, believe. Hear his voice, do. Simple. I hope that'll be your credo for 2017. 2016 is over. It's gone. What happened, happened. You can't go back and change it. I know there's a bunch of TV shows that say you can't. You can't. Can't, can't do it. There's no timeless. 
Okay? Time moves on. God is timeless. But he wants to move in your future, but he cannot do that if you're not focused on him. So let's renew our focus this morning. Let's renew our focus. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up right now. We're going to pray. If you would like to renew your focus for this year, change your focus. Maybe you've been looking behind and you've been stuck. Last week we talked about serving, how God has created us for service. And in a small church, we need to serve. In a small church, we need to be working together. It's like a small household. Everybody has to do something. Okay? But maybe there's something that has caught you up, something, some of the past, some of the other stuff, and God is now wanting you to move forward to cut that line off, cut those strings off, cut that octopus off you. Okay? It's grabbing you. It's like the Kraken coming at you. Okay? It's time to let that stuff go and move forward with God, fresh and new. He'll work out the remnants of our past. He will work those things out in us. He's a faithful God. He's a great physician. He's a, he's a wonderful counselor. He can, do, he can do all that as we continue to put ourselves in his place, or he will bring people to help us to get through those things. He will do that, but you've got to let go and quit looking back and quit living in the past. So I'm going to... We're going to have some music playing. If you're good with God and or you feel uncomfortable coming forward, I understand that. But why don't you just pray in your seats. Lord, I want to make a new start. I want to have that new thing that you have for me in this coming year. And maybe you need to let go of some stuff. But if you'd like for us to pray with you, it says we're to agree on something that shall be done. And when we agree together, we can bring heaven down and pray those things and agree with you. But yeah, today's a changing day in your life. Let's pray.